This is a story from the life of Jesus, one of the few stories we have from his childhood. It says, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Verse 49. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about Brooklyn? Sit down. Thank you. That I must be about my father's business. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. He said, I must be about my father's business. And I want to speak to you just for a few moments tonight. Teach, preach, however you want to define it, about my father's business. We must be about our father's business. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you've done and given. We thank you for the blessings that you have poured out upon us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the lives and the souls, Lord God, that have been impacted through the power of the gospel, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord God, in your name, Jesus, tonight that you would open our hearts to hear the word of the Lord, open our spirits to receive from you tonight. In the name of Jesus, let your will be done in this place. Put your hands together in praise to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. This, one of the very few stories we can read from the life, uh, young life of Jesus before he entered his earthly ministry is very interesting because when his parents took the whole family together with all the extended family, the aunts and uncles and cousins and uh, probably grandparents as well, went on this pilgrimage or journey to Jerusalem during the Feast of the Passover, the trip that they took from Nazareth. The particular year that they went when Jesus was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem, and when they had fulfilled their time there, it was time to go back home. So the large caravan from Nazareth, the contingency from Nazareth, if you would, started back to Jerusalem and Mary and Joseph assumed that Jesus was with them, perhaps with one of the other aunts and uncles and cousins or one of the other families there uh, that was a part of their extended family. But they got a day's journey away from Jerusalem and got to asking around, have you seen Jesus? I haven't seen him in over a day. Is he with you? Did he stay with you guys tonight, last night? 
No, we haven't seen him. And so as they were concerned, they turned back and headed to Jerusalem after having been gone for an entire day. When they got back to Jerusalem, they found him in the temple. Jesus was in the temple sitting there with the doctors and uh, with the other teachers. And uh, there he was listening to them asking them questions, and also speaking as well. And the Bible says those that heard Jesus, this young child, this preteen speaking, were amazed at his answers. And so Mary and Joseph went up to Jesus there in the midst of this preteen young man and said, Son, why did you do this to us? Why did you not let us know where you were? We were so worried about you and concerned about you and Jesus answer was why is it that you have looked for me or sought me don't you know that I should be about my father's business I should be about my father's business but notice the next verse verse number 50 it says they understood not the saying which he spake unto them when Jesus told his parents I've got to be about my father's business. That's why I'm here in the temple. They were confused. It didn't make sense to them. They did not understand it. Now, the first reason why some people think, well, Jesus didn't understand it, because his father, to most people, was Joseph. And Joseph was a carpenter. And if he was going to be about his father's business, he would be honing his carpentry skills. How in the temple, talking to doctors, would you be about your father's business of carpentry? But the Bible says they didn't understand it. We're talking about Mary and Joseph now. They were the ones who an angel appeared to and said, You're highly favored among women. There's something going to be born in you and it's going to be something holy. And, uh, and then to Joseph, the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, because he's going to save his people from their sins, there was a sense of destiny even prior to the birth of Jesus Christ that there was something special about this life and his parents understood it. His mother and father knew that there was a special calling, but they didn't understand what he meant when he sat in the temple and said, I must be about my father's business. Another reason why they may not have understood it is they maybe didn't fully comprehend that Jesus' establishment of a kingdom on the earth, His Messiahship or His redemption, was not going to be to establish an earthly kingdom. He wasn't coming to overthrow the Roman Empire by force. Maybe they thought Jesus should be in the palace of Herod if he's about his father's business uh, of uh, being the great Messiah or deliverer. Or maybe he should be over where the soldiers were gathering, learning about how to, to wage effective warfare or talking to the generals. Uh, maybe that's what they thought. Uh, in order for him to establish this kingdom and overthrow the Roman rule and deliver God's people from the oppressor, he should be in the palace or he should be with the military leaders, but what is he doing in the temple? It's because they did not at this point understand fully what God had 
come to do in the flesh. Jesus had not come to set up an earthly kingdom. Jesus had not come to establish his kingdom with swords and spears. Jesus had not come to set up a political kingdom. But Jesus came and he knew what he had come to do. He wasn't confused about his mission. At 12 years of age, he knew what his father's business was. He know he, he knew he had come to establish a kingdom that would never end, that would be made up of every nationality, every creed, and every tongue, and it would be a spiritual kingdom. A spiritual kingdom. But I want you to notice that even at 12 years of age, Jesus was focused on what his purpose was. He knew what his mission was. He knew what his father's business was. Even when Mary and Joseph had not figured it out yet. Even when his brothers and sisters didn't discern it yet. Even when those that were around him did not had not yet discovered what Jesus' mission was. He knew what his father's business was. And I believe we as members of the body of Christ need to be awakened as to what our purpose is here on the earth. We need to be reminded, amen, about what our Father's business is because we're so easily distracted. We're so easily misguided. We become so easily affected by the things that are around us and intrigued by the things that are around us that we need to reminder of how important it is for us to be about our Father's business. Do you believe that? Say amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So Jesus was aware. And I just want to ask you, how many of you really, really enjoyed Sunday service? I mean, you really enjoyed it. Anybody here really enjoyed Sunday service? Amen. If if you were in that service and you didn't leave satisfied, excited, and fulfilled, then personally I kind of believe something might be wrong with you. Uh, Because it was so exciting watching people get introduced to Jesus Christ, getting introduced to the power of the Holy Spirit, and watching them as the Holy Ghost got a hold of them. To me, there's nothing that I ever can see in my whole life that's as thrilling as that. Amen. I mean, praise God. Amen. It's better. It's better than a good book. Amen. It's better than a good movie. It's better than a good story. Amen. It's better than anything that we can experience in our life to watch somebody introduced to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. It was like how many how many got to watch the uh, first minor come up through the hole? Yesterday, did anybody go chee 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 lay 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 chee 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 lay lay lay? Amen. I mean, you had. I mean, if that didn't excite you, there's something wrong with you. I'm sorry. You're just weird. <laughs> to see that little boy crying and uh, 
uh, uh, just like overwhelmed with emotion and watch up from that hole, up from that supposed dead situation, hopeless situation, after almost 70 days emerges these miners, uh, emerge these miners one by one. You talk about something exciting. Amen. That's the way it is. That's the, that's the feeling I get every time I see somebody introduced to the power of God. Every time I see somebody new hear about the Holy Ghost and become hungry for it and filled with desire. It's the thing that keeps my heart beating. It's the thing that wakes me up in the morning. Come on. As people of God, if you've got the same Holy Ghost that I have, there is nothing that thrills your soul or brings you more excitement than seeing someone introduced to Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. So it was exciting to be here on Sunday. But we've got to be about our Father's business. And I want to let you know that it would be silly and almost useless for us just to celebrate what happened Sunday without taking the next step. It wouldn't make sense to me for us to just celebrate this. That would be like uh, giving birth to a baby. And then once you're able to walk again, just walking away from the baby. Say, wasn't that exciting holding that baby for the first time? Amen. When you have a baby, it's just the beginning. There's a lot of celebration and there's a lot of excitement. But the real purpose for having that baby is to raise that baby and bring that baby up and so that they're a productive child in the world. Amen. Thinking, just celebrating what happened Sunday without understanding it's our opportunity to move on with what God's called us to do would be like a parent who thinks their job as a parent is done as soon as they give birth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. We celebrate, we cheer when a baby's born. But uh, it's time for us to understand God has called us to embrace, enfold, Nurture and train these babies in Christ Jesus. Amen? A place for people to receive the Holy Ghost where they're not integrated into the body would be like a hospital that had only an emergency room and nothing else. We're going to follow up on these new visitors. We're going to follow up on these that have experienced the power of the Holy Ghost and the new birth. And guess what? It is all of our jobs as brothers and sisters in Christ, as members of the family of God, to follow up and to show love and to be concerned and to reach out. Amen? One thing I've learned from the Word of God is that God always blesses good stewardship. What is stewardship? Stewardship is managing what God gives to you. Before you get nervous and think I'm going to preach about tithes and offerings, there are some things that God gives us that aren't monetary. And God has blessed us with new people that have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We have been blessed with babies. And the question is, what are we going to do with these prospects? What are we going to do about these that God has put in our hands? Amen. It is our opportunity, our, our responsibility to be good stewards with what God has given to us. 
I want to tell you why it felt so good Sunday. And I want to tell you why it's felt so good this month. Because Life Church is doing what God intended for us to do. You are a part of what God has called you to do. It's very satisfying. Amen? It's very fulfilling. It's very gratifying to be in the place to see people experience the power of the Holy Ghost. New creatures born into the kingdom of God. Because when you were saved, you weren't saved just so you would have a ticket to heaven. But you are following Jesus so that you can be fishers of men. And when you see somebody accept the Lord and embrace the truth and filled with His Spirit, you know that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. What we were designed to be doing. Yes. Once you were born into this family called the family of God, the kingdom of God, the purpose for your life was no longer the same as before. Before, your purpose was something maybe that was based on your desires or dreams. Maybe it was something imposed on you by your parents. Maybe it was something that was twisting and turning with every whim of your desire. Maybe it was your education or career advancement or materialism or any number of things we could mention. But when you became a part of the family of God, your vision and goal and objectives in life changed. That doesn't mean you quit going to school and that didn't mean you quit your job. But it does mean this, that all of a sudden in your life everything changes and you realize that your purpose on this earth is to reach people that are going to hell is to reach out to lost people and to see folks uh, brought into the kingdom of God, born of the water and the spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost. When you were born again, you became aligned with Jesus' purpose. Jesus came with a very clear purpose. He knew his mission. He was here about his father's business. And while the other kids were playing on the playground nonstop, I'm sure Jesus had times where he enjoyed fellowship and friendship and, and leisure. But there was something in his heart, something there that said, I've got a mission, I've got a goal, and I've got a purpose in life that goes above and beyond having a good time. And it goes above and beyond being accepted and respected. And it goes above and beyond having finances resource and it goes above and beyond anything that this world has to offer i've got a mission come on somebody i've got a mission that goes beyond anything in this world and when it gets a hold of you when you get your eyes on your father's business when you get your eyes on your father's business of seeking and saving that which is lost your life will turn around I'm thankful for times of revival because not only is it exciting to see new people born into the kingdom of God, but it's also exciting to see people that are sitting on pews. All of a sudden, their attention is captured and they remember again, oh yeah, this is what life's all about. Oh, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was getting all wrapped up in all this other stuff, but all of a sudden I realize again, all of a sudden it's brought back to my memory, my father's business, my father's purpose. When I'm in the altar seeing people filled with the Holy Ghost, there's no place in the world I'd rather be. Amen? Come on. Come on, somebody. We're talking about our father's business here. 
I wouldn't trade a front seat watching people get the Holy Ghost uh, for one of those uh, luxury boxes at the Super Bowl, somebody. I wouldn't trade that place right there for the best job in the world. That's what God has called me and you to do and be about. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Jesus said from a young age, while there's distractions and there's things to get focused on, I'm about my Father's business. And God is called life church to a higher plane in a world that's wrapped up in itself he's saying to the church can you be about your father's business oh come on praise the lord i feel my help i feel the holy ghost hallelujah 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 jesus purpose was clear He came to build a kingdom. It wasn't a kingdom that was familiar to this world. It was a mysterious kingdom called the kingdom of God. He said he came to seek and save that which was lost. I come to find people with need. I got a mission. I'm on a mission. I'm not going to let anything distract me. I'm on my Father's business. I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus made it clear. He said, I've come to establish a kingdom. I've come to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm here to tell you that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can have no other mission than what Jesus established. That is to build up the kingdom of God, to seek and to save that which is lost, and to destroy the works of the devil whatever satan did whatever the enemy did we've come to take it back we've come to destroy what the devil's done through drugs and alcohol we've come to destroy hallelujah the devil's work in tearing up marriages we've come to turn it around come on anybody about your father's business hallelujah And I just want to alert some of you who are feeling empty, frustrated, and just kind of a a general like blah, like a malaise in your relationship with God and your life in general. Here's the point. When you become a part of the kingdom of God, if you're no longer actively involved in building up the kingdom... Seeking and saving that which is lost and destroying the works of the devil. If you are born again and not doing the business of your father, then what's going to happen? Life's going to become empty because you realize your activity is not lined up with your mission. Because you realize your activity is not in sync with your purpose in life. Amen. You become frustrated and life feels meaningless. Even if you're going to church and plopping yourself on a pew, you realize I don't have this focus. I don't have this vision about the mission that God called me to do to seek and save that which is lost. But when you get realigned with God's purpose for your life, suddenly it feels good. That's why it felt good on Sunday. That's why it felt good when you saw your friends come in the church you realize it's not just my buddies coming to church it's i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing come on come on i'm telling you the truth here tonight i shouldn't have to remind you and i'm sure that many of you i don't have to remind you but god didn't save you just to come to church and god didn't save you for a free ticket to heaven 
Amen. I'm thankful that I've been redeemed and I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven because of the blood of Jesus, because of the gospel message. But I have to understand that if that's the only purpose for it, pray me through and put me to sleep. But I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I still got function in my body. My brain's still working. So that means God's put me here for a purpose. And my purpose is not to make as much money as I can. My purpose, come on somebody, is not to build a kingdom that that is of this world or that perisheth, but to build something eternal. And when somebody's filled with God's Spirit, something is happening that the devil can't take away, that moths can't eat up, that rust can't destroy. It's eternal, eternal eternal treasure come on I'm talking about our father's business come on praise him right now amen if you're spirit filled Business as usual doesn't work for you. Just coming to church and seeing the same faces week after week after week. There's this sense of, you know what, we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. But I want to tell you that, that I want to follow Jesus Christ so much so that the same driving motivation that got him up in the morning. And while there were plenty of opportunities for him to get distracted... Because he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And there were plenty of people pulling at him, especially when they saw his power, to use it probably to exalt himself on this earth. He did not allow that to happen. He did not allow himself to be pulled off course because he had a sense of purpose and a mission. He said, I'm about my father's business. I got a goal. I got a job. I've got objectives. And I'm going after it with everything inside of me. I wonder if there's people in this house that say, God, I remember when I walked with mission, but right now I seem to be just wandering and meandering. But God, I pray that you would awaken me, that wherever I'm working and whatever I'm doing and wherever God has placed me and wherever I'm positioned right now, I have a responsibility. I have a purpose. I have a mission. God has called me to seek and to save that which is lost. God has called me to build up the kingdom and destroy the works of the devil. I'm about my father's business. I'm about my father's business. I'm about my father's business. Jesus said to his disciples when he first selected them, Matthew 4, 19, so there would not be any questions as to his mission and his purpose and what compelling force would draw them to him. He said, verse 19, he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You used to catch fish and sell them. But now you're going to catch men and turn them loose to do for God what you're doing. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Anybody want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Hey, there's no option A and option B. If you follow Jesus, you become a fisher of men. If you follow Jesus, you begin to do what he did. 
you begin to fulfill His purpose. Uh, following Jesus is not just about changing your life and following a dress code and this and that and so forth. Following Jesus uh, is about becoming a fisher of men and women, letting His purpose being fulfilled in your life, becoming more and more like Him. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that can say, Pastor, I'm ready. I realize that I haven't stepped into my potential yet. The devil's done everything he could to keep you at bay. The devil's done everything he could to keep you up under his thumb. But there's somebody here today that says, I'm not going to listen to the lies anymore. I'm not going to be discouraged by the devil anymore. I'm stepping up in boldness. I'm stepping up in faith. I got a mission. I got a purpose. God's called me to do some good stuff. Hallelujah. 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 And then Jesus' final words in Matthew 28, 19, King James Version says, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The NIV says, Therefore go and make disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Another way of explaining to you what the Father's business is, it's very, very simple. It's not complex. You don't have to understand lots of uh, uh, Bible theology to get a hold of God's mission. The mission that Jesus has was to be a fisher of men and to make disciples. Amen? To fish for men and make them into disciples. To fish for men and women and turn them into disciples. Anything that we're doing above and beyond or separate from that is not our Father's business. Our Father's business is to reach for lost men and women and turn them into disciples to make disciples of all nations. Teach them to obey Jesus Christ, to become disciples of Christ Jesus. And if Life Church is going to be what God has given us a vision that we can be, if it's going to continue to grow and prosper, it's not going to happen because we've got the best programs It's not going to happen because we have the best music. It's not going to happen because we bring in the right preachers and the right people. But it's going to happen because the people of this assembly are about our Father's business. Amen. Amen. We may be teachers and electricians and doctors and plumbers and so forth in our secular job, but we are about our Father's business. There is this compelling sense of purpose, a sense of urgency, a sense of what God has called us to do. We must be actively looking for opportunities to introduce people to Jesus Christ through the gospel and through the Holy Spirit baptism. It has to become a borderline obsession for us. It has to become something that moves us and drives us. I want to tell you that there's one area where the enemy attacks where it's so subtle you don't even recognize it. But Satan, how many believes the devil's real? Yeah, if you don't believe the devil's real, then you don't believe the Bible. Satan will do anything he can 
to ensure your disinterest in evangelism. He will do anything he can to, uh, to ensure your lack of concern for evangelism. He will do anything that he can to inspire fear in your heart for evangelism. He will do anything he can to, uh, to present an unwillingness to take responsibility when it comes to evangelism. Because that's one thing the enemy fears more than anything. Than for us to get a clear sense of mission and calling and purpose that every day we wake up in the morning we realize that God's put us where we are and bring people into our path and there's somebody out there that needs Jesus. I may talk to six people and not a single one of them has any interest in what I got to say. But number seven may be the very person that God put in my pathway. Ah, Hallelujah. The number of perfection. The one, hallelujah, whose life is going to be transformed. I wonder if anybody crossed paths today with somebody that's going to be a preacher someday. I wonder if you crossed paths today Today, with somebody that's going to work miracles through the power of the Holy Ghost, somebody that's going to be a missionary. Sense of urgency, my God. Sense of calling, let it get a hold of us from the top to the bottom, from the oldest to the youngest, from the newest Christians to the ones that have been around since they were babies, amen, since Noah was around, amen. I wonder if something would get a hold of us that we said, Life Church, we are about our Father's business. Oh God, let's pray right now. God, let it get a hold of us. Jesus, I pray that you would let it get a hold of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, pray it right now. In the name of the Lord, I'm asking Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm telling you right now. If you're tired of being depressed as a Christian, you need to get about your father's business. If you felt like you've been drifting and wandering, get about your father's business. Hallelujah. You're going to be frustrated as a Christian if you're not doing what Jesus did. If you don't have the same goals and ambition and obsession, God, get a hold of us. Get a hold of me as pastor. Get a hold, Lord Jesus, of our staff members. Get a hold of our ministry leaders. Get a hold of us, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Work of the Spirit happen in our midst right now. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Rick, how many hours a week do you work on the job? 50 hours a week on average. 50-hour a week job. And I, I've got to know uh, Brother Rick through the process of discipleship. But I know that every Monday night, Brother Rick is at Los Angeles College of Ministry. Every Monday night, being trained to be a more effective minister. I know that Pretty much every Tuesday night, he's here at Life Church teaching a Bible study to some of his friends from work every Tuesday night. I know every Wednesday night I see him here. I know every Thursday night he goes to a place called the Door of Hope, which is a mission or a homeless mission for people 
uh, that a transitional living, I think, is what it is. And he teaches Bible studies there to several families, several of them which have come in the last few weeks, some who have been filled with the Holy Ghost. That's every Thursday. Every Friday night, Brother Rick has a life group at, uh, uh, at their home, Brother Rick and Sister Maria at their home or at one of the other homes. Every Friday night, there's a life group with new people growing in Jesus Christ. Then oftentimes on Saturday, he's doing a food bank, etc., to, to move the kingdom of God forward. And, and I'm not here today recommending that you do every day of the week some sort of ministry or even recommending that. But I'm telling you here, get your affection and your objectives refreshed focused. We've got to have something inside of us that says, you know what, everything else that used to matter shouldn't matter anymore. There's got to be something burning inside of me that says, have I done what God has called me to do? My question is, who are you reaching for right now? Who is it in your life that you know that has a target on their heart that you're aiming for? Who is it that you are investing in and leveraging your relational influence for the sake of eternity, for the sake of an eternal soul? If you can't answer quickly to me who it is that you're targeting, then I'm, uh, uh, I am recommending tonight that you get about your father's business. You get about your father's business. So glad to have Sister Elizabeth with us uh, here. There are a number of people in Life Church who've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because this lady is doing what God called her to do, and she doesn't even live here. Sister, how many Bible studies have you taught over the phone? Impossible to count the number of Bible studies that she has taught over the telephone. Did she teach you a Bible study over the telephone, Sister Diane? Amen. Yes, absolutely. And so guess what? It's about being about your father's business. I'm praying, God. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied just kind of meandering through life. Let something get a hold of me. Hallelujah. If people can be fanatical about the Los Angeles Lakers, if people can be fanatical about the Republican or the Democratic Party, is there some people at Life Church that can say, this is one thing that turns my crank. This is one thing that gets me excited. This is one thing that stirs my passion. This is one thing that I'm willing to give my life to. Hallelujah. Amen. We love Brother Kelly Howard's giftedness and we love seeing in the altars the fruit of his ministry. But what most of you didn't have the opportunity to see is his passion for personal evangelism and his driving desire everywhere he's going, whatever he's doing, who can I meet? Who can I follow up on? Who did I talk to last week that I can go back and talk to again this week? He said to me as we were out uh, evangelizing with another young man, we were out just knocking doors and inviting people out to church. He said to the young man, he said, I do this every Saturday. I've done it for 30 years since I was first filled with the Holy Ghost. I invest one to two hours every Saturday knocking on doors and meeting people, inviting them out to church. 
It's not something I have to be compelled to do or think to do. It's my lifestyle. I can't imagine not doing it. I can't imagine not doing it. He said, I've made it a discipline in my life because something happens when I'm not doing it. If I ever not do it, I get off focus and I get off track. But if I'm focused on being about my father's business, then everything's going to be okay. Amen. I heard this week about a pastor who wakes up every morning and has this goal. He's going to talk to five people about Jesus every single day. We must be about our father's business. Uh, anybody remember the one-a-day vitamins? Nobody. Anybody remember the one-a-day vitamins? No, we've got to get some new of these printed up because some of the times are wrong. But I'm going to open these up. They, some of them have wrong times where all you have to do is mark through it with a pen and, and change it uh, until we can get one-a-day vitamins here in the next week or two. Take ten of them with you. One-a-day vitamins is very simple. Uh, what do you take vitamins for? For your health, right? Right, for your general health, you take one a day. Well, how about for your spiritual health, to stay on mission? You take one of these a day and invite one person to church every single day. It's seven days a week or at least five days a week. I'm going to have them in my wall. I'm going to invite at least one person. But guess what happens? You end up inviting two or three or four people, and it becomes a lifestyle. And you're always thinking about lost people. You're always conscious and in tune with the needs of people and the hungers of people. I want to tell you right now that when we, whenever we allow ourselves, to get unfocused from our Father's business, we put ourselves in a vulnerable position to lose what God is doing even in our lives. Evangelism is not just about the loss. Evangelism is about me being right with God and me being on fire with God and me being in tune with God and me being sensitive to God and me being able to hear that voice of God as well. Amen. I have that love for people, the faith and boldness to just do it, to just step out. Amen. The guy that, uh, one of the gentlemen that was here Sunday, um, and uh, we, we uh, knocked on his door, the uh, drummer that is Jewish. Uh, we knocked on his door, and when we knocked on his door, uh, we knocked two times. We knew somebody was in there, and we could see some drums through the window. And all of a sudden he hollered out, what do you want? Like that. And I'm like, I want to get out of here. That's what I want. And uh, Brother Howard just hollered something back like, I want a drummer. Like that. What are you talking about? We got a concert tomorrow. And he said, okay, I'll come out. And he came out and started talking to him. But after that point, he had to wait for two or three minutes where I went and knocked on some other doors and talked to some people. I come back. Brother Howard's still pounding on the door. Where are you, dude? Come on. He comes to the door, and we meet him. He ends up being a super nice guy. He comes to church Sunday, brings his girlfriend. I believe they'll be back again. I believe they experienced something from God. Guess what? There would have been no chance in anything for them to be here Sunday if someone out knocking on that door. Someone wasn't out there saying, I've got to be about my father's business. Amen. Hey, hey, this is why we collect bread. This is why we have bread here on a, from Panera Bread and Starbucks so that we can be about our father's business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And of course, the father's business is not just about introducing people to the Lord and the new birth, but the father's business includes this thing called discipleship, which is defined as helping people become more like Jesus in their thoughts, 
feelings, and actions. And I want to wrap up here for the sake of time. But when a new baby is born, the business of the kingdom of God is to integrate them into the family. And all of, the, all of us must be active in doing this. I just want to open up the floor for a minute right now. But before I do, I want Brother Chris to come up. Brother Chris, I want you to share with us just in a couple minutes what's going to be starting here next week. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, just have a, I don't know if anyone's heard of uh, Way of the Master. It's a program that was designed by uh, Ray Comfort and Kirk Cameron. And it's about going out and talking to people. Um, and it, the way they teach is a method. It's not going out and say you're a sinner, you're going to hell unless you go to church. It's, they teach you a method on helping people realize themselves that they're lost, that they need something more. So by doing that, you, know, you go out and say you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Then people bring up all these questions, and, you know, when someone comes to, to fight you, what do you do? You put up your fist to, to defend yourself. Well, if you go to someone and help them realize that they need help, now they're not fighting back, but they're asking questions. You know, what can I do? You know, what do I need to do? And so this method is very effective because it helps you eliminate the arguments because you're not attacking that person. You're helping that person to help them realize that there's something not fulfilled in their life, that they're incomplete, and that, you know, they're lost, that they need more than what they're doing now. So we're going to start a series um, uh, uh, that teaches us how to do this method and how to reach these people. And so if anyone's interested after church, if you got, uh, just come up to the front, we'll just do it up here. Um, just come on up. We'll uh, sit down. I'll kind of introduce it to you and then um, see who's interested, let you know what it's about, and try and set a day um, of when you guys would like to do it. But after church, um, just come on up and we'll, we'll, uh, I'll introduce that to you. God bless. So here's a chance, right? Here's an opportunity to learn how. If you're fearful or intimidated or unsure, here's an opportunity that may very well work for you. So that's right after church here. Up here, Brother Chris will uh, meet with those that are interested in finding out the way of the master for reaching lost people. But I want to ask now, just to open up the floor just for a couple minutes here and ask you, we have basically 35 new people that have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last month. And others who didn't receive the Holy Ghost but came to church, felt something, experienced something, and know that there's something unique about this church. Our job now is to take that next step of helping integrate them into the family of God. My question is, what are some things that you and I can do as members of the body of Christ to help integrate these people into the body of Christ? Brother Chris?
right. That's something we can do is make some, make some phone calls to the people that have visited. Very good, very good plan to some of those that you maybe have had personal contact with that, that came into the church, introduce them to one of the Gospels or to uh, a Bible study, something that they can look at. Anybody else have any ideas? Yes? What is it? Did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear what she just said? That's why you're here right now, probably. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. Let's thank God for that. Amen. And... Her gardener knows Sister Elizabeth. Isn't this crazy here? He, okay, that was that was her gardener for 20 years. That's how. So can you imagine, can you believe that this witness and influence is still spreading? Praise the Lord. So, brother. Brother Chris.
Amen. Yeah. That's a wonderful testimony. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sister. <laughs> I, I make myself available 24-7. You know, any time. She can call me any time, middle of the night. And I will wake up and I'll fight for her. <laughs> because the enemy is the devil. You know, and if you, if you are not there, then why you have a baby anyway? So anytime, anywhere, Tennessee, India, California, Texas, New York, anywhere, Germany, people calls me anytime. So many times people think, do you ever sleep? Because I wake up 4 o'clock anyway to pray, but I'm constant there. I don't let the devil touch my baby. <laughs> that's right. Come on. That's what we need to get is a little bit of a, that mother spirit there, that mother hen spirit that says, get your hands off. Amen. Because, you know... Uh, just FYI, babies are a lot of work. Yeah. I mean, I love my baby, but I don't. I don't like changing poopy diapers. I. It's just. I mean, she's cute and everything, and she coos at me, but it still stinks, and it's like I'd rather do stuff, you know. Just and uh, like you don't like babies waking up in the middle of the night and crying and having to get up and and, and take care of them and. As uh, my wife always does, instead of me, uh, babies are a lot of work. But guess what? When you when you got a baby, it's like, man, this and and that and th- this is the, the sense of ownership and love and and concern. When that gets a hold of this church, we don't have to worry about programs and stuff like that. When, when we when we're all about our father's business and realize that that raising these babies is our father's business, not just bringing them in and praying them through, but also raising them up and helping them a- answering their questions, being there for them when they go through trials and difficulties. And brother Rick. Exactly, and so, and so then it, it it's like it, it becomes 
uh, organic but systematized at the same time so that everybody feels the responsibility, but we make sure nobody falls through the cracks, you know. Brother Chris. Uh-huh. Stand up and say that again because I think everybody needs to hear it. Yeah, they're going to be here. Hey, you, here, and here's what you can say when they come up to talk to you. Say, let's talk in a minute. I must be about my father's business. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. 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 Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Sister Brown, you have your hand up. And, that, and that's that's the way God designed it, you know, that 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 uh, that you don't grow spiritually by yourself. You, you grow in, in the context because the disciples weren't just hanging out with Jesus. They were hanging out with Jesus and each other. And, and they were growing and becoming disciple sisters.
That is very, very good. Very good advice. And, 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 and your goal is not to pastor them, help them, you know, get them all fixed up and cleaned up and just be their friend and, and love them and be there to encourage them. And don't worry about the other. Let, let the Holy Ghost lead and guide to all truth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Francisco. Absolutely. And when this gets a hold of the church, boom, it's gone. Amen. It is gone. It's out of control. It's out of control. Amen. Sister Jackie.
Man, I feel, I feel God's presence here. I wonder if we could turn around in circles of about five to ten people. And I want us to pray together. I want us to join hands. We're going to pray together. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to do a work in us right now. Amen. What God has started, we want Him to finish it and complete it. Hallelujah. Come on, this is what it's all about right now. God is calling us to be what He would have us to be. God is calling us to do His purpose and His calling. To be about our Father's business. Hallelujah. I pray in the name of the Lord God. Let us leave this place, Lord Jesus. Focused on being everything that you've called us to be, Jesus. Uh, Let your anointing come on my brother right now. Hallelujah. If you know the names of those in your group, I want you to call them out by faith right now. In the name of Jesus, ask God to anoint them to do his will. And to let his purpose be accomplished, Lord Jesus. Uh, Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, uh, I rebuke. I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke the words of the liar. In the name of Jesus, uh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, some, there's somebody, the devil's told you that since you tried and you failed in trying winning someone to the Lord, that there's no reason to try again. But I'm telling you right now, the devil's a liar. You take that step of faith and God's going to meet you there. Hallelujah. You step out in boldness, God's going to meet you there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, oh God, give us a passion, Lord Jesus. Burden for soul. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh God, oh God, oh God. should cut him out. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to get it in your head. I want you to talk to, to turn to two people, shake their hand, and say, I must be about my father's business. Hallelujah. Here's how we're going to do it. Brother Chris, come up here. Brother Chris is at the front if someone's interested. In, uh, if we have some people that are interested in finding out about this Bible study session to learn how to be a better soul winner, reach out for lost people. Come up here. He's going to talk in just a minute. Also, before you leave, 
If you want to, my wife has some of the cards of the people that receive the Holy Ghost. Some of them Brother Howard still has. i got to get them from him. But she has a few of them. She's going to hand out cards to those that want them. And I want you to call that person. Say, uh, man, we were so glad to have you in church recently. It was exciting to see you have an experience with God. Love to see you again. That's all you have to do. My, my, name's, my name's Richard. I'm just calling to say, hope to see you. Man, I'd love to see you Sunday. She's going to have those as you walk out the door. You can grab one. Sister Brown will have those as you walk out the door. Praise the Lord. Let's pray a prayer of dismissal. Jesus, go with us. Keep us safe. Keep your hand upon us, Lord. Let your will be done. Let your glory be manifest. Let us be about our Father's business. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Here's some of these cards, too. All you have to do is uh, like write through the, the times that we don't have service. And we'll get some that have the right information on it ASAP. Get ten of them. That way you can do a one-a-day vitamin. Uh, just probably five minutes, right? Yeah, it'll be quick. Hello. Is this on? Hello. Sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. If we could just, uh, I know some people have to go, but they want to know more. So if we could just, anyone who's interested, come up real quick. It'll be real quick. Probably five minutes or less. Real quick, if you just come up, we'll discuss it and then go ahead and go. Thank you. Let me just say, I completely vouch for this program. This is something I I looked I looked at this material years ago when I was uh, just a young man. Well, before I mean it was. Uh, Ray Comfort wrote a book called the the uh, Be- world, uh, Hell's Best Kept Secret that just like rocked my world. And they they take this principle and they teach you how to win souls that way. Yes. Huh? Oh hi. Here. <laughs> All right. So.
So um, the only cost, this, this series is already paid for, so we don't have to pay for that. Um, the only thing we need is there's a study guide. Um, it's $5.99. Um, if we get more people, I did the math because if you buy 1 to 49 of them, it's $5.99 each. If we buy 50 to 99 of them, it's $3.60 each. Um, so I did the math. If you're gonna, if you're gonna buy 31 of them, you might as well buy 50 because it's gonna be the same price. So if we could get about 31 people um, to get it, we'll go ahead and buy 50, and then we'll have extras, and then it'll only be $3.60 each. So that'll help cut the cost down. Um, so uh, it's just that. That's the only thing we'll need. And then also, there's other things that we could get that are really good. Um, you could also go online at waythemaster.com. There's a lot of tracks, books. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on there that you could use. Um, here's also what we could get. It's uh, a little cheat sheet. It's a little card that looks like this. Let's see if I can find it in here. It's just a little cheat sheet. So if you're going out and talking to people, you get uh, lost. Uh, let's see. Kind of just guides you and directs you. Um, we could buy, uh, I think it's 10 of them for $5, so 50 cents each. Um, so we'll buy, that's, it's $5 for 10. There's not multiple, but, you know, 50 cents each is not much. So we'll, we could purchase those also. And then um, the way the series goes is there's different methods, but one of them is you go up to someone and talk to someone, you know, are you a good person, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you follow the Ten Commandments? You know, some people, do you know the Ten Commandments? Some people may only know a couple of them. Well, do you follow those? Yeah, you know, I try, and then the way it lays it out, the way the method goes is using the Ten Commandments. So there's also a little, it's like a poster board kind of thing. It's not too big, about ten inches tall that has the Ten Commandments on it. So it's a good thing you even keep at your home or to keep with you. You know, if you're just say Saturday, you want to go out and talk to people, bring that along. You know, ask someone, do you know the Ten Commandments? Uh, no. Here they are, you know. Do you know these? Um, so I think that's a good thing. It's uh, only a dollar each. But like I said, if we get ten or more, it's 50 cents each. So if we get a lot of them, so there are, there are extras um, little expenses. Um, then there's also tracks. There's really good tracks like uh, this one here. Okay, which one? Which one is bigger? Okay, if you look at it, which one do you think looks bigger? They're, they're both the same, but if you put them side by side, the way one looks bigger than the other. So you can just walk up to someone. These are really good just to start a conversation, like an icebreaker. Hey, you know, someone just gave me this. What do you think? Which one looks bigger? And then they answer, well, here, you know, you put them together and, you know, read this. You know, these are just little things that you could kind of just get a person's attention because you think, like me, 
how do you go talk to someone about God? You know, I'm, I'm not Nora. Nora, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. She, you know, Brother Rick, you know, they just go up and start talking to people about God. I don't, I've never done that. I don't, it's, how do you start the conversation, you know? And these are really good. There's lots of different ones. There's a million dollar bill. Hey, you know, uh, you need some money? Here, you know, you could just hand out the bill. You know, what's that? And you look at it. And then on the back, you know, there's, it talks about, the Ten Commandments and stuff. So it's just little tracks that help introduce you, you know, to start a conversation. Um, there's a set of, you know, there's one for a set of 400 for $35. And this is actually the better deal. I did the math. Um, it's $70 for 1000 So if there's just say only 10 of us, $7 each. But obviously there's more than 10, so... You know, we could buy these to use. To, we'll each get a you know a certain amount, and then if we need more, you could always go online and order more. They sell them individually, however many you want. You know, some of them are only five dollars for a hundred of them, so you could go on. But you know, we could at least purchase. You know, for initial cost, to say it's ten dollars or fifteen dollars, we get all this stuff. You have it, and then if there's anything you like, you know, buy the ones you hand out. See, this works better for me. This works better for me. You can always go on and purchase more. Um, and then I saw this one here. It's uh, by Ray Comfort, Save Yourself Some Pain. I looked at this one. This one's really good. It's only 25 cents. But it kind of lays out, you know, uh, certain topics like daily Bible reading, faith, evangelism, prayer, spiritual warfare, fellowship, thanksgiving, water baptism, giving to God and troubleshooting, you know, it's a little booklet that you hand out to someone that, you know, they may have questions, and, you know, I do this and that, you know, I go to church, is that enough? You know, why don't you read this and see if that's what, you know, God wants you to do, just go to church. You know, it's this, and I, I looked online, and you, like I said, you always go online and look at all these, and you could click on it, and it'll tell you what's inside, so you can read it. Um, there's, there's more stuff, we don't have to worry about that, but, um, you know, when we have our first meeting, I'll print out larger things so we could look through. Um, but right now, the only initial cost would be the $5.99. But like I said, if we get 31 of us or more, we could order 50 of them and then only $3.60 each. So it'll cut down the cost. So if we could get more people, if you know someone who wasn't here today, hey, you know, come to, come to this. You know, check it out. We could start doing this. Um, the more we get, the cheaper it's going to be. And then so now the only thing we need to decide what day we want to do this. Do you guys want to do it uh, like Sunday after church, like 5 o'clock? You know, we've already dedicated that day for church. You know, go, we'll go to, come to church, go out, get something, come back and have it. Like I said, it's only going to be about an hour, maybe a little bit more, but about an hour. Eight weeks. Yeah, it's eight lessons. Um, so it'll only be eight weeks if we start it, I think... Yeah, if we do it Sunday, it would be eight Sundays. So I think if we start it uh, either this Sunday or next Sunday, we should be, we'll finish it before Christmas. So I give us time, you know, it'll be done before Christmas. We'll have our time to do our shopping, spend with family. And uh, so we start, I believe either this Sunday or next Sunday, um, we'll get, we done, we'll be done before the end of the year. Um, does Sunday work for everybody?